Scroll. 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 Like S K O R L. Scroll. Scroll. It's S C H. Yeah, scroll. There's no. It's like ch. Scroll. What? Are you sure? I would put money on this one. Okay. Scroll. Scroll. another week of Gem Junkies. I'm Brecken. And I'm Jonathan. And we are here to talk to you this week about tourmaline. Overwhelmingly more popular than the story of birthstones. Yes. Like two to one. So what we did this week was on our Parlay Gems Instagram, we put out a thing. Would you like to hear about birthstones? Would you like to hear about tourmaline, which was supposed to be pearls? Savannah's on probation. <laughs> So we were originally thinking of doing birthstones or pearls, and we said, okay, put it out for a vote. And I walked in this morning, and I said, so is it birthstones or is it pearls? And she said, it's tourmaline. (laughs) And I don't know how many of you know anything about tourmaline, but it's a hot mess. It is. It's It's the kitchen sink. The kitchen sink of gemstones. It's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So I, it took me a minute to gather my thoughts, calm down, and say, okay, let's tackle this tourmaline thing. So we should explain the kitchen sink of gemstones reference that we said, right? Yeah, because the formula the, for tourmaline is so long and complicated. It's everything but the kitchen sink. Get so it? that's why we call it the kitchen sink because it has everything but the kitchen everything, sink. And in everything there. is in it. Everything. So it's just uh, everything but the kitchen sink. Hence, tourmaline, the kitchen sink of gemstones. Yep. So I, I guess let's jump right into it. Yeah. Um, the name tourmaline is Sinhalese, which is the language spoken on the island of Sri Lanka. And it means mixed gems. Do you know who gave it that name? The Dutch? The Dutch merchants that would trade gemstones with the Ceylon people. Um, and it often got confused a lot with other gemstones because there's no group of minerals that has a wider color range than, than tourmaline. tourmaline. And so it comes in bright blues, bright reds, greens, yellows, oranges, anything you can think of. So they just kind of got mixed in with the other prospective gemstones. Like if it was red, it was a ruby. If it was blue, it was a sapphire. If it was green, it was an emerald. Right. And uh, that even happened in the 1500s. When the Spanish went over, the The conquistadors, conquistadors, and they discovered the Brazilian emerald, which was actually a tourmaline. And it was, it was confused until the 1800s when they finally said, no, this is tourmaline. It's not an emerald. Yeah. So science. Yeah. Pretty easy to understand the confusion because it is such a varied gemstone. Lots of colors. Wide color range. Tourmalines are a group of gemstones. So similar to your garnet family, tourmaline is a group that then has species within that group. Scroll, travite, elbite. To name a few. Yeah. Yeah. They're all silicates, 
that share some form of aluminum boron and fluorine, but they contain complex mixtures of other. Yeah. It's a psycho, psychosilicate. Yes, psychosilicate. Psychosilicate. So they all share the same crystal structure. So they all grow the same. Do you know the crystal structure, Jonathan? Trigonal. So basically with trigonal crystal structure, if you were to do a cross section of it, it would look like a triangle with rounded edges or a three-sided prism. Three-sided prism. Yep. So on a lot of it too, you'll see these uh, vertical striations that kind of go the length of the gemstone. Mm -hmm. And those are just due to growth, growth conditions. <clears throat> so Jonathan mentioned a few of the species a second ago, but I kind of wanted to go through probably the top five that you'll hear about. Uh, today we're only going to be really focusing on one, which is the the elbate group. Is that how you would say that? Elbite. Is it elbite or elbate? Elbite. 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 It's E L B A I T E. And it has the widest range of gem-colored tourmalines. Named after the island of Elba, Italy. Really? You just threw that one in there. That's interesting. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> just one of those exciting... Fun facts. Fun facts. Uh, another species of tourmaline is Lodicotite, who... it. It has very complex zoning, so it's probably the most interesting looking tourmaline. They basically cut it into slices, and you get these triangular growth structures. It's beautiful. Google it, or we'll put a picture of it on our blog. Uh, it was discovered in 1977 and named in honor of Richard T. Lico, who was the second president of the GIA and known as the father of modern gemology right so and then the third one the third species is uvite uh fourth is dravite right so this is just a side note for savannah there is a rare gemstone that is a mixture of uvite and dravite which is a bright yellow and it's called a savanna tourmaline. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I didn't even know about that one. So they're not they're not very important. I mean the the uvite and the dravite as far as uh, the gem industry, but they do have that yellow one that's sold as a savanna tourmaline. Yeah. A dravite also known as, also called brown tourmaline. Brown tourmaline. <laughs> Super exciting. And then the last probably important species would be scroll 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 which is black and rarely used in in jewelry it was the only exception is it was used in victorian mourning jewelry so mourning as in someone passed away and it's a piece to yeah. wear but it does mourning. it does account for 95% or maybe even a little bit more of all of the tourmaline in nature yeah which is interesting. So if you think about how much tourmaline is out there, there's even more. That's unusable. That's unusable. Well, score. not unusable, but just not. Yeah, it's just not that beautiful. interesting. Sodium iron. Tourmaline. Oh. Scroll. Scroll. 
So those are the major species, but for our discussion today, we're just going to focus on the L-dates. Um, do you know how they're formed, Jonathan? This is, this is the coolest thing about tourmalines. How are they formed? They're formed in pegmatites. Right. And so that is rare igneous rock that is rich in exotic elements. Exotic. Exotic, like your manganese and your copper and your... And that's why you get so many different colors. Yeah. And they form pockets of gemstones. So the thing that I also found really interesting is because of how they're formed, it's basically a liquid that's really rich in all these elements. So when they're forming, the elements will interact with the silicate, which is tourmaline, and produce all these beautiful colors. But you could open a pocket of tourmaline crystals and you can have pinks and you can have greens and you can have blues all in the same pocket sometimes even in the same crystal sometimes even in the same crystal yeah so that's a a party color or a bicolor tourmaline yeah so you can have those several different ways right yeah so it's a result of the changing growth conditions so it can either be zoned across the length of the crystal so tourmaline crystals are really long and skinny. And you can have it zoned across, so like perpendicular, one color is there and then the next color is on top of it. So like a pink crystal with a green tip. Or you can have it grow parallel to the length, which is like a red core with green overgrowth, which is what we call watermelon tourmaline because when right. you slice it, it looks like a watermelon. Right, so it has a green. A green rind. rind. And then it's got a colorless, and then the center is red, red. or pink. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of people will call a bicolor tourmaline a watermelon tourmaline, but technically... It has to have that rind, so to, typically watermelon... It needs to be a slice. Yeah, it needs to be a slice in order to get that actual watermelon pattern. Otherwise, it's really just a party color or a bicolor tourmaline. Pink and green. Yeah, pink, just a straight pink and green faceted stone is not technically a watermelon tourmaline. It's a bicolor tourmaline. So for miners mining tourmaline, it's basically a lot of excavating barren rock until like gemless rock until they discover a pocket of gems and it's sudden. There's no indication. They'll just stumble into a pocket and there you go. There's your reward of tourmalines. And to me, tourmaline pockets are like the iconic like gem cave where you've got just all these gemstones just coming out of the walls and glittering when you open up. And I, I think tourmaline as a specimen sometimes is more valuable than when it's cut yeah, and faceted so into a gemstone. Because they have, they have such very cool, long, skinny growth structures, they can be really interesting anyway in the elevate. Yeah. And... And the contrast, too, between the host material, which oftentimes is a really beautiful white with this striking red or green coming out of it, it's, it's really beautiful. A lot of tourmaline crystals, because of their crystal structure, are fastened in long rectangle cuts. Yeah. And that's, Either octagons or baguettes or... Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's to reduce waste. You don't see it a lot as a calibrated gemstone. 
No, and that's because the color is a lot of times just even in a single crystal, the color is not consistent. Yeah, so if you wanted to go and make a collection of using 8x10 pink tourmalines, your color range would be so wide, it'd be really difficult to do. Yeah, so typically you only get small calibrated sizes that are consistent in color, and anytime you go larger than that, you, your color range becomes much bigger. Yeah, I also found it really interesting that uh, tourmalines are extremely pleochroic, pleochroic, which means they show different colors in different directions. And with tourmaline, in one direction, you'll have you know a beautiful green, and then you'll flip it on its side, and it'll be a very dark green. So a lot of times, if the rough is pale, they will cut the stone, that, so the table of the stone is perpendicular, perpendicular to the growth of the stone. If they want to lighten. lighten the stone, they'll cut it so the face is parallel to the growth. Yeah. And that is why you want to light I mean, a lot of them a lot of them are dark. So you would like especially your greens and blues. So that's why you get a lot of the long skinny. The long skinny ones well. on the greens and blues whereas on things more like rubellite like red tourmalines and pink tourmalines then you have a tendency to not need them they're not over dark they even can be a little bit light and yeah. so they cut them the other direction yes i think we should also talk about uh, gemstone treatment with tourmaline yeah so the most common is heat and uh it's a low level heat and so therefore uh it most uh most labs that you send them into won't even list it on their report as having treatment because it's very commonly done and not really, you can't really you tell. You can't detect it because yeah. the, the level of heat is so low. It's not like you have broken crystals or anything like that like you would see in a sapphire. So a lot of times too when you get a gem report back, it will just say no indications of heat treatment, but tourmalines are... Often. Often. Often heat treated as well as irradiation is fairly common, especially in like rubellite. Yes. And then you also have... And uh, they irradiate it to intensify the color or even change the color. They can turn a green tourmaline red through hmm. irradiation. It's also not detectable, so you can't detect irradiation, but it's not stable. So if you take an irradiated pink or red tourmaline out into the sun, it will fade. Yeah. Not a good thing. Not a good thing. So then you have to irradiate it. Again. Again. Yeah. Which is not, not so no easy. No one likes uh, radioactive gemstone. Yeah. Yeah. And there's only so many particle accelerators around. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so that's it's kind of interesting on, on that. And then it's also not uncommon for them to be... Oiled. Oiled. Kind of like an emerald where they have fractures and inclusions. They'll oil them. The oil will seep into those fractures and deepen the color. Yeah, we bought that parcel of rubellite once and we started, uh, we started putting some of them in gem boxes just to kind of check them out and look at them. And uh, we, opened, we opened one back up and there was all this pink oil all <laughs> over the... Those yeah. went those went right back to who we Yeah, luckily we caught it before we did anything with it. But it wasn't a treatment that we were familiar with. No. It's no. not even a treatment that's listed by GIA. Yeah. But and it so definitely happened to it us. It definitely <laughs> happened. Well, it was one of those situations that was like 
the price seems too good to be true. Yeah, and usually it is. And usually it is. If the price is too good to be true, usually it is. So we learned our lesson on that one, and now we're pretty quick to ask if it's been oiled as well. I think, so we've kind of talked about how they form, all that stuff. It, it might be good to talk about the common tourmalines that you see on the market. Yeah. And so I think the tourmaline that everyone is crazy about right now is Pariba. Pariba. Yes, Pariba tourmaline was originally found in Pariba, Brazil. Yes, in and, 1989. Yeah, so fairly fairly recent. And uh, it was it is a neon... It's amazing. It's a neon blue color. If you've never seen a Pariba tourmaline, it's definitely something you should take a look at when you get a chance. And I think pictures don't even do it no, justice. No, there's nothing it, like a Pariba tourmaline in person versus a picture. You can't get that neon glow in yeah, a photograph. It just... It appears to glow from within. Yeah. A really fine Pariba is, there's just nothing. Windex blue. Yeah, Windex that's, blue. That's, that's the, the best, color. that's the best way to, to explain it to someone that's never seen it before is, is if you think of the neon blue of Windex, that is how the very best. So copper causes the color in right. Pariba tourmaline, which is extremely rare. Yeah, uh, copper is Where tourmaline is formed. Uh, copper also colors turquoise, so think of the the really bright greenish blue color is what, turquoise. Yeah. But you don't get that glow in turquoise. No, no, you don't. So the, then later it was found in Africa as well. So then there was a lot of discussion as well. Do we still call it Pariba? Some people said yes. Some people said no. Most labs now will still call it Pariba as long as it's copper bearing. Because like there's some blue tourmalines coming out of Namibia right now. That are beautiful that but don't have copper. They're not copper bearing, but they almost have that same electric blue to them. But they no one calls those Pariba because Pariba has to have copper even if it's not from Brazil. Yes. Now, one, one thing I do think though is if you look at the African... Pariba versus the Brazilian Pariba. The African tends to be a little less saturated. Tends to be, but there's... Yeah. yeah. There's low-quality Brazilian, and there's very high-quality... There's definitely much... There's there's African material that's better than the lower-end Brazilian material, but the very best Brazilian yeah. is always better than even the very best And the African. price for Pariba keeps going Keeps up going and up, up and up. Because availability is basically non-existent. There's almost nothing coming out of the ground out of Brazil or yeah. out of anywhere in Africa right we now. We had a friend we were talking to, and she was talking about buying Pariba in the 90s for $200 a carat, and it was just gorgeous material. And now, $10,000 a carat, wholesale. I mean, and the sky's the limit with Pariba. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to even get a hold of it, let alone... Especially of anything of quality. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of low quality stuff still around, but anything of quality is very difficult. So moving away from Pariba now would be green or blue tourmaline. So blue tourmaline is called indicolite. Green tourmaline is verdolite. Which I have... <laughs> yeah, you were telling me this earlier and I said, oh, what a light? Verde, Ver, like verde, verde like, green. like green, obviously, you know, in Spanish, verde is green. But I, in the trade, I've never heard anyone say, do you have any verdolite? No. They just say, do you have some green tourmaline, green. 
or chrome tourmaline, which is the really... Yeah, so green tourmaline and indicolite are colored by iron. Chrome tourmaline is a little different. It's colored by vanadium. Vanadium. And so it's got a, it's a much brighter green. Comparable and, to like a savorite. Like savorite. Like some of your chrome tourmalines get just as bright as uh, without, without your, but a, a lower refractive index. So they don't sparkle as much mm-hmm. as a savorite garnet. But they're also not nearly as expensive and you can get much larger crystal sizes. Yeah, so a lot of your green and blue tourmalines, there are some coming from the U.S. Maine has green tourmaline. And California. Uh, California and um, Africa. Brazil is still the, the king of tourmaline. Yeah, the king of tourmaline. Uh, the one thing, though, that I really like in the green-blue that's coming out now is the, it's being called mint or lagoon tourmaline, yeah. and it's from Namibia. Yeah, it's really, really beautiful, beautiful material, very clean. It's like a clump. It's a bluish-green, greenish It's kind of a greenish-blue, yeah, bluish-green. And then the, the lagoon is, and then the mint is more, uh, it's more just a very, very slight bluish green yeah so just a hint of blue and it's a light color almost like similar to the mint garnet yeah but it's it's really beautiful material Um, as well yeah the material we're getting and we're seeing is one of stones yeah yeah it's not it's definitely nothing that you can get in calibrated regular things it's it's one one gemstone here one gemstone there but we got a really amazing one uh in february at the tucson gem show that was a beautiful blue like we were talking about almost like a pariva color but non-copper bearing Mm -hmm. and we can throw that one up on the blog i've got a good picture of that i'll give i'll give to savannah and she can post that one on the blog so you can see the the color yep and so one of my favorite colors did you know too i mean side note i'm now going to justify my new purchase of the lagoon tourmaline tourmaline is also the october birthstone it is. It's a secondary. A secondary birthstone too. Isn't it normally pink opal. though? Well, yeah, but. Or do they open it up for all? I think they open it up for all tourmaline. Oh. That like um, sapphire. Yeah. All colors of sapphire color. for September. Okay. So I might get a lagoon tourmaline for my birthday. Because you don't have enough ovals, or you do have enough <laughs> ovals. <laughs> all right, moving on from green and blue to red and pink tourmaline. Red and pink. So when it goes red, it's called a rubellite. Diet ruby. Diet ruby. That one's for Jim. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so rubellite, which I think is a terrible name because anything ending in light makes it sound fake or synthetic or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Well, so. so we had a gentleman that worked for us for a few years and it was right when we started getting into rubellite. And he would always, Jim Feebig, and he would always say the same joke, Rubellite, Diet Ruby. Like, because it's not as expensive as a ruby, but it's still a beautiful color. And so yeah. I love that joke. I yeah. still tell it all the time now. Yeah. Rubellite, Diet Ruby. Diet Ruby. And I always think of Jim and Smile. Yeah. So the redder the tourmaline, the better. Yes. Obviously, the, the more prized, the Yeah, it's more, more valuable if it's more red than pink. So when you go from pink to red... And uh, also sometimes it's called raspberry tourmaline as well. Yeah, we so when we were selling rubellite rubellite, it customers didn't understand the name rubellite. It doesn't make sense. It's one of those things that suffers from the name. So we thought, well, maybe we'll call it raspberry tourmaline, and we did, and that helped its sales for a little while because everybody knows tourmaline, but not everybody knows rubellite. 
And like Jonathan was saying, something that ends in light is never a, a good gemstone. I think the worst example of a poor naming decision is chrome diopside. Yeah, it sounds like drain cleaner. <laughs> it does. Toilet's clogged. Go get me some of that chrome diopside. <laughs> we'll talk about chrome diopside on a later date. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so m- some pinks are colored by titanium. Uh, most are colored from manganese. Um, a lot of the saturated pinks on the market right now are being irradiated, which is undetectable. So just be careful the color might fade. I think, too, uh, one of the interesting stories I stumbled upon when we were kind of thinking about tourmaline in my mad dash this morning because I wasn't mentally prepared for anything, <laughs> um, was the story of tourmaline in the United States. Okay. So as a source for tourmaline, the U.S. is not the major source. No, Brazil. Brazil. Brazil is king, Africa Africa's close second. Close second. Yeah. But there is tourmaline found in Maine and right. tourmaline in California. So the main tourmaline was discovered in 1820, which happens to be the same year it became a state. So it is the state gemstone. And it has now been mined for 200 years, but the biggest operation of mining for main tourmaline was in the 70s. Yeah, it's, you don't see a lot of main tourmaline anymore. No. So I, I read the story of how it was uh, discovered. And it was discovered by a young man, Elijah Hamlin, who found it because a tree in the winter had been blown over by the wind. And it turned over and its roots, there was a little green gemstone in the roots. Isn't that cool? Yeah. The tree blew over, the gemstone was just hanging out there. Could have been maybe part of it that the roots couldn't grow down deep enough because there was... Yes, yeah, so it was midwinter when they found this. So mm-hmm. all of the school kids, I guess, went out the next day to kind of try to find some more. But another snowstorm came in, and they had to wait until spring. Wait till spring. And then they found it, really found it, mm-hmm. and figured out what it was. Hmm. Very cool. And so uh, from Maine, we go to California. Which was the early 1900s. Yeah, 1892, actually. So... Uh, it was discovered in San Diego County. Yeah. And uh, George Kuntz, the famous Tiffany's gemologist, named tourmaline the American gem because it was discovered in Maine and discovered in California. But the thing I found super interesting about the California tourmaline was that most of it was shipped to China. Really? Yeah. The Dowager Empress loved the color. So she bought all of it. And it was so closely linked to the Chinese economy. And they were so dependent on the Chinese for that market that when the Chinese government collapsed in 1912, so did the California tourmaline. Business. Business. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. So you can still go visit the tourmaline mines in California. They do mine tours and... I've never gotten out there to do that. We've talked about doing it so many times because my sister used to live in San Diego, so we talked about going out to the mines. But it is not near San Diego. It is in San Diego County, so it's out of the ways a bit. It's about an hour drive, I think, from San Diego. 
So we talked about Brazil being the major source for tourmalines. Right. Uh, the every color. Every color. Every color. Can every be found color. In every type. And either in Minas Gerais or in Bahia are the two provinces where it's found mm-hmm. most often. And Jonathan and I have been to both of those. Right. And we went to a tourmaline mine, and we saw one of the big pockets that they had mined tourmaline from. It was like a giant room. It was huge. It was like a cavern. But obviously there was no gemstones left. There were no gemstones left. They'd mined them all out. But there was one pocket I was reading about that there was so much material. One of the specimens fetched a price of a million dollars. For one specimen. For one specimen. It's a big specimen. And it was like perfect and clean and no inclusions and just beautiful. So it's the world's major supplier of tourmaline. And then followed by Africa. Yeah. It so, also has very beautiful tourmalines. Well, we should probably say what country since Africa is technically a continent. True. <laughs> so Go for it. We've got Nigeria, Mozambique. Madagascar, Tanzania, Namibia, Zambia, Zambia, Kenya, to name a few. All over the place. But remember in Pangaea, they were neighbors with Brazil. Right. So when a lot of them were formed, they were all formed in the same geological event. And then those two places moved far apart from each other. Yeah. And there is some really beautiful material coming out recently out of Afghanistan as well. Yeah. yeah, some of the really beautiful uh, indicolite and some green tourmaline, tourmalines and, yeah, yeah, veritolite. <laughs> there you go. Veritolite. Some veritolites coming out of Afghanistan. Some veritolites coming out of Afghanistan. <laughs> some Afghani veritolite. <clears throat> yeah. Mix Afghani and Spanish and put the two together. Why not? So we probably should talk about the hardness of tourmaline, which is a seven to seven and a half on the most scale. Mm-hmm. So it's a uh, it's it's a good it's and a I good think everyday with durability, wear. You have to be most concerned about inclusions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's clean, it's going to be pretty. It's going to be pretty durable. Yeah, but if there's a surface reaching inclusion or anything like that, you're going to have durability issues. Yep. I guess that's going to wrap up tourmalines for us. They're one of my favorite gemstones. The quintessential gem mine, Snow White's, and the Seven Dwarfs gemstone mine. They yeah. were definitely mining tourmalines. Definitely mining tourmalines because yeah. they were mining pegmatites. Yeah. So, <laughs> pegmatites and tourmaline go pretty hand in hand. But we wanted to thank you so much for listening to us. And I have to give a shout out to Sherry and Kelsey. Thanks for listening. And my sister Abby just started listening. So what up, sis? Finally. And that's it. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening. I guess it's not because we have to tell them to leave us a review on iTunes that we are now officially on Spotify for your easy listening. And if you want to follow us at our real life jobs, you can check us out at Parlay Gems on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, we should probably mention... Never mind. <laughs> we should probably mention that we won't have a, a oh. uh, episode next week because we will be closed. We're going to be in Jackson for the 4th of July, and we always close for a week. So we will be taking a week off. Yes. 
Gym Junkies will return in two weeks. In two weeks. So thank you again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>